This is the sound of Worlds Beyond Number. Previously on The Wizard, The Witch, and The Wild One, Naram, spirit of the gentle sea, lies bound at the base of the Calabell Nautomantic apparatus by Guildmage Morrow of the Scepter's Chorus. Our heroes stand divided. Having re-established contact with the Citadel, a castigated Suvi now has direct orders to do nothing until Steel arrives in Port Talon three days hence. Ursulon, having returned to the Ace of Wands alone, once again wields Wavebreaker, the sword that legend says belonged to Naram himself, with the power to break the spells and curses of his foes. And Ame, with just such a curse still clouding her mind and concealing crucial memories of Grandmother Wren and her most important lessons, now rushes forth to find her fox familiar, chasing him beyond the walls of Port Talon into the wasteland of witchfire and ash that stand between the city and the wrath of creeping kudzu beyond. We now return to Port Talon in the wee hours, as a tall and tipsy traveler ambles contentedly down a cobblestone street, a gleaming sword swinging at his side. Ursulon, mm. sort of winding your way back, and you've had a long walk to sober up, uh, you know. Yeah, ish, yeah. Ish, ish, you know, we're buzzed still. Yeah. You approach the Chantry with Wavebreaker in your hand. Uh, the attendant guard mages smile and open the door, mages of the Azure Battalion. Uh, what do you do as you enter? I think, what time is it? It's like three o'clock in the morning. Okay. <laughs> it's three o'clock in the morning. Uh, I think in that case, Ursulon is excited about showing his friends that this, he got the sword back, but is, isn't thinking about them. Uh, isn't like, is going to wait until morning. Like, it's not like they can head out now anyway. So I think he is kind of just meandering back to his room in part because he knows there's a little bit of wine left that he left before he headed off to the Ace of Wands. You see your warped sword clattered by the door, uh, your former sword. Uh, you see the coral ring still sitting there on the sort of bedside, or, or probably a more sturdy surface, like the floor that you put it on. <laughs> uh, and then you see your wine. Oh, right where I left you. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna go, I think, take the sword out of the scabbard at this point. Yeah take the wine bottle and hoist them both aloft in just a moment of quiet victory. Baby. Yes. Yes. And then I think think back to a certain baker in Toma and the forms that he once learned. Uh, yeah, the sword feels it's good to have it in your hand again after all these long years. Familiar weight and heft. The wine tastes good. Mm. And I think you're having a, a pleasant time finishing the bottle probably before the siren song of slumber pulls you off to sleep. Yes. Um, where are you going to sleep in this room, by the way? I think probably wherever I was sitting. So I think he sits down and it's that kind of head against the wall sword in his lap wine in his hand as he just kind of drifts off. Incredible. It's not sad. 
This is a moment of quiet victory for him. I got the sword back. No ooze, no ahs. Suvi. Sure, mm. buddy. Uh, you arrive back uh, shortly thereafter. It was absolutely Suvi's intention to spend the night at the governor's manor uh, and just get a little bit of a break. But I think sleep just couldn't find her after everything that they've been through in the last day and a half and how uh, badly she feels about uh, how she handled Steel and the way she sort of casually treated her while she's been gone these last few weeks. And being surrounded by, like, the trappings of empire and the manor, like, all of this great glory, but all of it, like, devoid of the, like, noble like magicness and arcaneness that comes with the citadel like it kind of sickened her and yeah probably she would just leave and slowly stroll back uh deeply uncomfortable with the way her her glass staff glows at night that's just this ever-present reminder of the empire and she doesn't really want to deal with it right now but it's lighting her way home you arrive back at the chantry sort of Avoiding the ostentatious, uh, something tacky about that governor's mansion. You arrive back at your room to see that A, the door is no longer locked. Uh, Is it just splinters on the hinge? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, It is a splintered, shattered, wide open uh, entry into your suite. The fuck? (laughs) I just bust. There's not anything to bust in. I guess I just delicately tiptoe over what my door was and look uh, for my stuff being rifled through? You find a note, and the note reads as follows. Hey, my butthole of a fox is on the other side of the wall, finding Orima, gone to get him. Love, Ame. There are rough coordinates of uh, what I would have been able to piece together by looking through his vision, and the note is tucked on top of a book. And on that page, you can see about the gifts that Naram received from his father. Oh, her eyes, like, look, she's been a strong reader for longer than most kids have been able to read. Her eyes immediately, like, scan down and hit Wavebreaker, and she yelps and immediately goes to go find Ursula. Find doors uh, wide open. Uh, get up. Fully asleep. <laughs> up, get up, up now, up. What? Up what? now. Where? And I'm waggling this note in your face. What is that? This? Sword belongs to Nara. Well, it's yours. You got the sword. Hold on. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Uh, and I want to get up to my feet. I did it. I got the sword okay. back. You don't have to wag. She was just kind of bobbing and weaving. I got <laughs> it back. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, you and from Will Gallows. He likes me. That's. I told him I don't like his city, and he liked me for it. <laughs> oh. Okay. Nothing else. Ame's on the other side of the wall. What? She's 
apparently following the fox, but I think that just means she's doing whatever the fuck she wanted to do anyway, and that's fine. But now we have to go. So instead of the thing we agreed on, we're going to go do her thing. Oh, am I being too loud for you right now? No, it's not. I just... Fine, fine, fine. Let's go. Her thing... I know. I don't... (sighs) Yeah, uh... Thank, thank you for getting the sword. I thought we'd be leaving. I thought we were done. We need to hold it down here. I can't, uh, you got the sword. Does the sword do? Just, does it feel like what's it? It feels like it. It's magic. So does it? You does it feel like you're doing magic? It feels the same as always. That is disappointing. Okay, you know what? More conversations for we're, after. Yes, we, we and should And I offer go. a forearm to help you up with my strength of 10. Uh, I take it <laughs> and pull you immediately down. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yes. No, it's okay. Uh, all right. <sighs> Do we need anything before we go? Uh, we're heading into uh, the heart of an angry spirit's uh, plants. So no, I think we're good. I think we're good. Ame, what do you do as you head towards the wall? The whole time, while I'm sprinting, in my head, I am calling to the fox and saying, please, at least just slow down uh, and give me coordinates so that I can find you. I'm on my way. Oh, you want some coordinates? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Grab the old rabbit trail, not the new one. Take that, uh, take that past like mildew at the edge of like crater that used to be a pond. You'll be able to smell it a mile away. Um, obviously, you got to get your nose really down low because everything's mostly soot. So dig through the soot a little bit, and you'll be able to smell the actual soil. That is incredibly unhelpful, and I think you know it. But you know what? I'm gonna call your bluff here, uh, and I'm gonna do uh, you know as I. Near the wall, I'm going to do a survival check. 18. Ooh. Hey, yeah. as you approach the wall, uh, you realize you're approaching a giant barrier that mostly prevents people from crossing it. Um, you, on an 18, I don't think you're going to be able to find this like incredibly stealthy little animal's trail, but you definitely can potentially like find some hint, right? Effectively, your best bet is just going in the same direction as this creature. What do you try to do in order to get through the wall? You know, obviously, that there's work happening on the other side of it, but you also know that it's kind of being treated like a war zone in terms of people coming and going. How does Ame intend to cross? Hey, Fox. Quick question. How did you how'd you cross the wall? I didn't cross the wall. What didn't cross the wall. Well, I didn't know how to cross the wall, so I waited for one of those big old boxes that uh, goes along the roads, and I jumped in the back. Oh, gotcha. All right, I go to where any one of the gates is. Uh, yeah, you see, there's a there's there's a gate posted up. Make a little luck check here, uh, and you do see a wagon kind of trundling up with a sort of load of like barrels of. Uh, sort of witch's salt in the back. Okay. I wait for a good opportunity, and then I jump in. Give me a stealth check. Yeah. 
April 20th. Incredible. Um, you jump in the back of it. It's almost too serendipitous, right? Like right as you get to a smaller gate, you see a little carriage. There's a narrow path that it turns a corner that some, there's some barrels catching rainwater outside. You hide behind them. Right as the carriage passes, it like basically brushes the barrels so you have an easy place where no one can see you to just vault yourself into the back and hide. You hear conversation. The driver and the soldiers at the gate. Some quick dialogue back and forth creak of gates opening even through the fabric of the covered wagon you smell of ash and soot salt fire this acrid burning smell I pull out one of the uh, witch fire veils and I tie it around my nose and mouth resting over your face you have this heavy film on your tongue as you continue to breathe, but you're not racked with coughs. It feels like the veil over your face captures the majority of whatever the noxious fumes are doing, and the carriage trundles along. As you are moving, you begin to see the sort of eerie glow of these green fires and sort of scorched wasteland. There's about a full mile outside the wall of just ruined earth, dug trenches, blasted ground. There used to be buildings out here. Those are all gone now. Usually the buildings were already torn apart by the kudzu and then beaten back in the fires. So everything that used to be the suburbs and outlying places of Port Talon are just destroyed now. Uh, Just the eeriness of bright green glows fading once again into thick night. The smoke turning even regular nighttime's darkness into something even more obscuring. When do you choose to make your move? Because you know that this wagon will come to a stop and the salt that it is carrying will be handed off to something or someone. I wait until we clear the wall and the light of the torches by the gate. Then I jump out and I switch to familiar vision again to see where the fox is. Uh, You see the fox no longer can see fire. And you see that the fox is moving through cool earth surrounded by kudzu on all sides. Hey, hey, okay. You got me out here. Just stop. And, and be here with me, okay? You be here with me. I am. I, okay, just stop, and I will go to you easier. Do you see what I'm saying? Right, but here's the issue, is that if you get to me, then you're going to try to convince me that we got to turn around no, and go no, back to be no, with... No, I won't. I wanted to be out here, and you knew I wanted to be out here, and so you made the decision for me. We're going to have words about communication and trust, but at the same time, thank you. Okay. Promise me that you're not going to make me turn around. I promise you that I will not make you turn around. If you break a promise to me, I'll never take a promise from you again. I understand. Okay. I'll wait. Okay. 
I'm going to move around a little bit to try to find some bugs or like mice. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you take off. As you've jumped out, you see the wagon trundling away. Did you jump out in a place nearer to a fire or farther away from a fire? Farther away from a fire. So you are surrounded just by darkness. Um, give me a perception check. With advantage? You have the scout's ring. 24. You hear the noise of the wagon trundling away. Though you are outside the reach of their light, the fires still roar in the distance. Their sound muffled by the thick blanket of smoke everywhere. The magic cloth on your face prevents you from succumbing to the noxious fumes, but this little village witch is standing in an ash-covered wasteland with no one around. You are totally alone, and this is the first time, I think in years, that Ame has been in an unfamiliar, unkind place with no one around to care for and no one around to care for her. I'm so scared and unsure, but I know I have my friends at my back and a part of me, part of my heart ahead of me. I have to find him. The rest will take care of itself. You journey forward into the darkness. We're going to cut back to Suvi and Ursulan. Same question. What do you do <laughs> as you approach the wall? Are we just going to, are we trying to sneak? Or are we? I'm assuming you can just tell them what to do. No, we're, we're done telling. We, I, I need to be discreet. Oh, um, uh, I'm sorry. Remind me, are we not just allowed to walk through? I can't imagine they no, I can absolutely imagine that they wouldn't want to let us through to whatever this is this is. I I can't throw my weight around right now. I'm supposed to be uh keeping it cool. All right. Uh gate situation with this wall. Are there big ones, small ones, a bunch of them? Uh, yeah, give me a perception. 18. Uh there are some. There is one enormous gate that basically is the highway gate leading out. But there are a couple. You can see like three from right where you are right now of smaller doorways into the wall that are basically large enough for like a single file procession of like people to go through. And you see, there's one door that's just like a single carriage lane through. That's mm-hmm. for like nearby farmland. I think Ursuline is going to point at that one and say, "Well, let's just ask, and I, and I'll and I'll do the talking." Perfect. Uh, Suvi's going to, like, stamp her staff on the ground, and it goes from that big, like, glowing glass uh, to the, like, wood and banded iron that it was before, and I'm going to cast Disguise Self on myself. Uh, And all of the color drains from her outfit and her hair and goes to, like, sooty, dark black just to look like a normal person walking with none of the blues and whites of the Empire. Uh, you approach, you see that gate has two guards standing at it. Um, uh, what do you do as you approach them? Uh, give a wave. 
Um, hello. Um, my sister and I have um, are hoping to reach home by uh, by first light, and are thus making our way out early. Would it be possible for us to pass? Go ahead and give me a persuasion check with disadvantage. Okay. <laughs> Happily. Hold on. Can I help uh, in my disguised self? I want to look like five months pregnant. <gasps> cool. So we got it. Uh, so now you're just rolling straight. Okay. All right. <laughs> me and this pregnant woman want to leave at 3 a.m. <laughs> to get home. <laughs> 17. Ooh. You see the guard looks and looks at your pregnant uh, partner and says... I, a strange hour of the night, indeed, to be making your way. Where is your home? Where, where do you, where do you dwell? Uh, I'm, eyes are gonna flash. Ooh, does Suvi have enough of like? Uh, or would I know a next? Uh, like, yeah, a near, what's close? What's close? Uh, I've been to Port Talon before. Been to Port Talon. So what's one? One what's town one over? or two, two towns over? Yeah, you remember drinking at a place in a village that was less than a day's walk from here called Lamry. Yeah, we're headed back to Lamry. Sire, Lamry, Lamry is completely overtaken. Fuck you, I knew you were gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> you, if there's any, what? Lamry is far too close. The kudzu's it's been fully evacuated. Well, that's why we want to get there by first light. There's a few things we need to get out of the, oh, stop making that face, Brent. There's a few things we need to, <laughs> you all can't see it, but Brennan's making a, I don't believe. <laughs> single word of this face. There's just a few things we need to get out of the home. Things for the babe. Uh, please. I don't want to do this without my mother's blanket. Sire, I can tell you for certain anything that was left in Lamry is long since gone. I'm going to step up to him. Um, sir, I know that it's gone, but my, my poor, poor, I think I said sister earlier, right? Yeah. yeah. My poor, poor sister. Would, I would at least have her believe there is a chance. She is with child. And it has been a hard, this is, she's been trying for a very long time. Uh, you see that they... Let her at least see with her own eyes that this thing is impossible. All right, sir. The the fumes alone... You should not even be in this part of town if you are with child. The smoke of the witch fires is not safe. I told you. I will be fine. Who are you going... No! This isn't hormones! Don't look at me like this is hormones! I want to go now! Give me an intimidate check. <laughs> Eighteen. Uh, you see the, you see, you see the guard says, "Miss, miss." Tell me to calm down. I dare you. Please don't tell her to calm down. I do it every day, and I, re I, re I regret it every time. We will, sh we will open the gate to show you how much the way is barred. Of course, yes. See, they open, they open the gate. You see a wasteland dotted by roaring green bonfires, uh, choked with smoke and ash. And, and I, I, I walk her forward through the gate. Don't you see, sister? There is no hope. No. I will not bring these twins 
into a world with no hope. Sister, do not run for the country. I will. Don't tell me what to Don't do. Don't run. Don't and run. I storm Sister, I chase after her. Cards go, stop, come back. Sister. <laughs> All right. Uh, give me some kind of, give me an athletics check to try to like <laughs> haul ass away. 17. 17. 12. So they sort of peel back as they begin to run. Wait, don't go. Don't up. touch me. Don't touch Just me. Just hold the gate for a moment. I'm, uh. I'm going to get her. <laughs> Why did you want to do this at three o'clock in the morning? I do what I want. <sighs> Ame, are, what are the means by which you're using to traverse the ash and sort of, you know, this this area of ash and witch fire? Uh, well, first yeah. of all, how far away am I from the wall and from the fires? I think you probably got like a quarter of a mile out before you jumped out. Okay. Um, in that case, I will just use... Um, one of the torches that I have with me, um, and I will use it uh, for tracking and based on what the fox has told me and what I can see, what I've seen through his eyes, I will follow him. Go ahead and give me a survival check uh, and a stealth check. You may only do one of them with advantage. Well, first of all, I'm gonna do a stealth check with no advantage. Twelve. Okay. This is survival with advantage. Twenty-two. Woo! You find your little fox's footprints in the soft ash. At this point, I'm feeling desperate. I go as fast as I can, almost jogging along as I follow the footprints. Uh, you continue through and eventually arrive on the other side of the ash and fire as cool green kudzu awaits you. You see mounds of kudzu rising up 40, 60 feet tall and realize that they have swallowed entire trees under their mass. A blanket of green over a landscape was once pastoral and is now wild. How are you guys getting through the ash and wasteland as well? Are you just rushing through? Uh, I The moment we got like a couple feet off of the gate, I pass you one of the witch fire veils. So. Great. You giving your advantage to your stealth or you're giving your advantage to your survival? Survival. Survival as well. Oh, God. Yikes. Five for stealth. Fourteen for survival. Pretty drunk. Uh, it's going to be a eight for survival, five for stealth. Awesome. Um, you both sort of stumble and pick your way through the ash and wasteland here. Um, a couple times, you, in order just to see where you're going, you stay within some firelight and a couple times are spotted by people out here working through the night and have to duck off into the shadows again. So you know that you've been spotted out here. Um, you finally arrive at the kudzu at the edge. Uh, once we've gotten, like, out of the shadow of the, out of the, like, once we can't see the fire anymore, uh, I would like to, uh, lay down amongst the kudzu 
uh, and take some of it into my hands uh, and speak to it um, uh, and say, uh, Sister, uh, my name is Ursulon. I am the son of the Great Bear. Um, I understand you are hurting, and our friend Ame seeks to aid you. Um, she comes for you now, and we follow her. If there is... If you would aid us in finding her and her in finding you, it would mean a great deal to me. Uh, and I... If you would allow me to make a persuasion check, I do it with advantage. You absolutely may. Uh, and I'm going to say also you can add a d4 to this as yeah. something casts guidance on you. Twelve total. Twelve total. Um, you cast Speak with Plants on the kudzu. You lean down and whisper those words. The kudzu rattles shakes as you hold it. Sister, am I? Sister who? You are a child of the great bear. You are a little lost cub, a way-shadowed stranger, trapped on the threshold between worlds. If you will not aid my strike, then remove yourself from my line of sight. Sister, I understand. I understand that you are upset. We have seen what these people have done to your beloved. What do you mean? Naram. The bay. You have seen them. Yes. I'm going to need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh. Oh, I am absolutely still shit-faced. That's a six. What has Suvi been seeing this entire time as you speak to the kudzu? I think uh, you see me kneeling down, holding it. uh, And I think I actually am going to... I think she slowly watches as the glamour fades. Uh, Would she hear words or... Is the language that is spoken between spirits something else? I think you're whispering. I think she, I think it's not. You're not speaking a language that Subi can understand. So I think you just see some real spiritual shit begin to happen <laughs> yeah. as like we get kind of to the fresh kudzu, and I lean down and begin whispering. And the glamour, uh, the glamour I've been wearing the entire time we've been in Port Talon. I think uh, for the first time you see the kind of feathered uh, oh. my feathering kind of. Uh, and then the then the the snout and the <laughs> talons and uh, Ursulan, uh in his true form uh, is whispering to this kutsu. Suvi, you uh, only notice too late as because you know Ursulan has made himself sort of holding a weight of this kudzu. Um, he was standing amongst the plants, right? Yeah. And the plants come up, like, as he crouches down, they're, like, up to his butt, basically, with his, like, legs folded. Um, Ursulan, as you hear the venom in your head um, and say, I've seen, like, I've seen Naram in the bay, 
you suddenly realize you can't stand up and that the vines have circled around your legs mm. uh, and have rooted you to the spot. And Suvi, you watch as vines reach up and grasp around Ursulon's throat. What kinship do we have, you and I? You have seen my husband. What action did you take? Ursulon, are you okay? Don't, 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 uh. don't strike. I, 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 uh, there was none I could take. They are very powerful. These, uh, uh, these, those. Uh, you feel uh, suddenly around your ribs. How powerful am I, do you think? You are great and wondrous, but their magic, it is unlike ours. It is, it is something else. It, 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 it has struck me. I have felt its pain. It is, it is beyond us. So, Suvi, what are you doing in this moment? Because I see Ursulon, like, holding up a hand to stop me, I am clutching my normal, not wizard staff, and waiting. But the moment he looks like he is being struck, I will strike. Let's make one thing very clear, lost little cub. As far as I am concerned, you became nothing more than food waiting to be scattered amongst the roots the day you wandered out from under the lumbering shadow of your oath of a father. You're far from the parade, little one. Very far indeed! And uh, your elbows are, you are dragged to the ground uh, as she pushes you down even further. And she says, you came here to tell me of some piddling witch. You asked me for favors when you watched my husband in their clutches. Why don't I simply drink your blood and add it to my leaves? It, if you must, you may. Just leave Ame. Leave the witch. Ame. The witch's name is Ame. Where are you, little Ame? Uh, Ame, um, uh, as you arrive at the Kudzu, which you saw your fox rushing through, um, what do you do as you arrive there? Oh, God. I would have definitely touched it and tried to open my vision to it. Give me um, an insight check. Eighteen. Uh, you touch the kudzu. Um, nothing happens to it as you first touch it. Um, you look and see that there are some paths. Like, you see that there are some flagstones or boulders that you could, like, jump across to kind of avoid some of the kudzu. Um, but also you could probably just start to walk through it. I mean, this stuff grows lightning fast, but it's not growing, you know, at the speed of like a hand reaching out and sure. grabbing. Sure. Um, well, uh, and then I start, I, I continue to move through the kudzu and finding my fox. Uh, give me, um, one last survival check. You can do it with advantage because you're trying to find your familiar. Fourteen. You cannot find your fox. You're looking, you think you've come the right direction. Uh, and as you turn to wonder if you should retrace your steps, um, 
the small sort of like passage you just came through, like a small canyon between like maybe what was two collapsed houses or something like that, uh, is filled with plants. It's filled with vines blocking your retreat. I, I spin back around to go forward. Fox? I reach with my mind. Fox, are you there? Nothing comes back to you. Mm. Fox? Fox? Two points of dull green light. And a figure rises from the plants, maybe about 40 feet ahead of you. You can feel snapping noises of its own body breaking as it stands up. There's another one in the shadows around a corner. You can hear the noise somewhere else. A shape in the darkness. If you held your torch up higher, you could probably see what it is. I put out the torch. (sighs) Put out the torch. I try to let my eyes adjust as I walk towards bigger. As the fire goes out, you hear them start to run. These beings are made of wood and vine that hold the shapes of people. As you realize the bodies that fell here in this place were taken over and the plants that most ate and drank of their life's nectar when called to awaken bear a form of similar size and shape to that which nurtured their roots. Fearing nothing more than fire, as your torch extinguishes, the shapes no longer being warded off rush towards you. Wooden hands stronger than a steel vice wrap around your throat in a movement faster than you've ever seen a human a struggle my fingers go to my temple and I say Naram shapes move their hands to their brow Mirroring your action. Strong hands grab your wrists and forearms. They wrap around your fingers. Give me a constitution saving throw. That's 18 on the die. The beings do not know how to hold your body in a way that would not cause it harm. There is no malice nor gentleness. 
in the movements of these beings. As they wrap around, your quick thinking straightens your fingers out so that as they grab them, they do not break the bones in your hand. (laughs) Grabbed by these beings, they turn, no longer menacing you, and drag you by your arms deeper into the kudzu. Ursulan, Suvi. Ah, little Ame. She is mine. Tell me this, Ursulan. You are a long way shadowed. I can smell the stink of human wine on your breath. Think now, and think very carefully. Is there anything else you can do to curry favor with me? I can give you something of his. What? I have his sword. So, you have Wavebreaker. Yes, it, it is on my... It's on the belt around my waist. Lost little spirit. You have come here seeking kinship. You invoke your father's name. You speak of seeing my husband in torment. And throw up your hands. But there is nothing you can do carry his sword. If you would debase yourself in this way, then see at least that you give the tools of war to those willing to wield them. Bring the sword to me now, and your little witch may yet live, and the vines recede. Ursulan! I'm all right. I was foolish. I, I attempted to, you know, honored friend to honored friend, but it doesn't doesn't work like that. What do you mean? What's your... it, we are not all. It was the foolish armies. Oh, that's right. You couldn't understand any of that. I I attempted to invoke my father and suggest that there was it just it was stupid, stupid. On your second stupid, Suvi's going to rush up and, like, attempt to reach up and grab your face. Uh, you can. Uh. You are not. You are not stupid. Yes. No. And if Orima was stupid enough to try and hurt you, I would personally make sure that every plant on this island was burned to ash. Right. Suvi. No. One thank you, two. We're a little too close to the kutsu to be talking like that. <laughs> I think she should respect someone with resolve. Yes. Well, then I believe you. When you speak to her, you, I, I believe you will have. She will have met her match in you. <laughs> um, but she does have Ame. Oh. And she is demanding Wavebreaker. Well, 
leave it to her one way or another. Sophie. What? It's been a long day and I'm very tired. <laughs> As am I. I'm going to give you a deep hug. Yeah. Um, do we have any sense of which way we should go? West. <laughs> Shall we? Okay. You head off. Um, what I will now need is uh, constitution saving throws without advantage <gasps> just to avoid exhaustion. You are missing a night's sleep and marching through the night. Ame's being dragged. <sighs> 17. Uh, only a nine. Um, so, Ame, you are dragged through the night. Um, the sort of like the the fabric over your knees has shredded. They are now just bloody torn kneecaps as you are dragged through this place. Your head lolling as these monsters drag you further inland. Uh, Ursulon, you are like stumbling as the drunkenness fades into immediate hangover, nausea, uh, exhaustion, uh, sickness. Uh, Suvi, you feel fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fury it's, feels correct. It's the espresso. Yeah, no, it's she has espresso. so much coffee. We'll go for like two, three days. Let's go. It's also, you guys are wizards, but you do have military training. So yeah. it's like, there's marching. Yep. Uh, so at this point in time, because it's a day and a half travel under like the best of circumstances. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what I'm going to need... This actually, fox fucking sucks, all right? <laughs> That's what I was saying. Remember the good old days of classic corn? The buttery smell, the shimmering silk, the juicy kernels, each bursting with flavor? Introducing Kern TM, the all-natural, organic, free-range corn alternative. Kern TM will keep your farm animals fed without giving them any fresh ideas. All of the appearance and smell of traditional maize, but with scientifically formulated additives that give it a shelf life of over 300 years. That means fewer purchases and more farm animals for you and your little corporate homestead. Try a sample of Kern TM by listening to A County Affair, the new barnyard crime spree from Worlds Beyond Number, exclusive for now to the Worlds Beyond Number Patreon. For that farm fresh flavor without the pesky overhead, choose Kern TM. That's Kern TM with three R's and a trademark. Kern contains less than 15% actual grain. Not a significant source of nutrition may cause loss of fur, feathers, and eyesight.
you begin to walk through thick vines and leaves through the night as fast as your legs will carry you. You have Wavebreaker at your side. For Suvi and Ursulon, as you travel, it's a long, long journey to this shrine. Um, what is your? What are you doing in terms of your journey? Uh, are there any actions you're taking, or are you just blindly stumbling for as long as it takes to arrive there? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking to no plants no more. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I guess I'm. I will use lay on hands. On, I guess my, I can't use it on myself. I'll use lay on hands on Sufi, but you don't look I'm like fine. you're hurting. I think if anything, you I can ask. Use lay on hands on yourself? Okay, great. <laughs> I suck from my own lay on hands. I nurse at my own hands <laughs> uh, to give myself the strength to keep going. Uh, and then I think I also, at some point, I'm going to ask to use your staff to yeah. walk. Ooh, shit. Yeah, Suvi will reluctantly hand it to you. I think just honestly to support myself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Suvi absolutely reaches into a pack. I think when you see her like really lock into like a marching pace <laughs> and like a fine cadence, she reaches into like a pack on her hip and takes a bite of uh, some kind of like little leafy moss that is like a mixture between like eucalyptus and wasabi. Mm. Like her side, like her, her, uh, sinuses clear and it's something that just after years and years of training gives like at the very least the placebo effect of like you are in your military bag and you have to be up and alert what so is she's that just, oh oh i guess you can try it will it help maybe yes okay, okay. <laughs> don't swallow it yeah just kind of breathe through your nose ow yeah. Kind of. It doesn't really hurt, but... Yeah. <clears throat> we... Okay. Oh. Well, that's all I had. Uh, we use it so that we can march. Well. You know. Soldiers. Yes. Are you okay? I'll be I'll be fine. My. Uh, it's just my brain. I can feel my brain, you know. <laughs> Fair. Uh, Is there anything I can do? I think we just have to keep going. Um, uh, give me a survival check. We can do a group survival check, so we'll take the higher of each of your rolls. Oh, it's bad. Eight. Sixteen. Sixteen. Um, so, Ursulon does a good job of finding places. The, so the roads are overtaken by kudzu. It just grew up through the roads. But... There are mountains of kudzu, because this place was pastoral, so there were woods here, and the woods have trees that are 40 or 50 feet tall. So there are places that if you walked through, you'd be at the bottom of a 50-foot-tall kudzu ocean, right? Um, And with no light getting through to you. But you're able to basically, knowing that shrines wouldn't be somewhere that you couldn't get to by paths and roads, you're able to, on a 16 survival, mostly get towards... um, Pathways mostly get to like okay here's like yeah there's like three feet of kudzu here but it's only three feet it doesn't even get to our it's like just around our waist and I can feel the loose gravel of broken cobblestones or whatever underneath me as we walk so you're able to avoid the worst of a wilderness disaster I'm gonna need one last Constitution save uh, that you will make not with advantage just straight okay oh, woo. modified twenty yeah. 
Yeah. 15 on the die. Ame. Is there anything you want to do as you are being dragged by these beings? They immediately take you into one of those kudzu dungeons of just like going into what used to be forest and is now just an endless tangle of vines that just parts in front of them as they walk. I, uh, toss up a minor illusion. Uh, any spell you are casting that uses somatic components. Right, yes, it is. Your hands are not at your service at the moment. Uh, With my hands unavailable to me, I can't do anything. You, at the moment, only have your voice. Your hands are grasped and bound by these creatures that are dragging you into deeper darkness and tangles of vines, moving forward at an unrelenting pace for creatures that do not need to breathe and do not have blood flowing in their veins. You move, and as you are going, you hear a voice in your head go, Oh, Fox. Fox, are you okay? Oh, someone stepped on me. Someone stepped on you? Yeah, the thing made a squeaky noise and stepped on me. A squeaky noise, like a, like a, or like a... Yeah, 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 yeah. Did this person happen to be made of plants? I didn't get a good look. All right, are you okay? Are you, are you safe? I'm okay, my back hurts. Oh. Where are you? I'm waiting for you, are you almost here? I am... That's a long story, but the, uh... Plants came alive and are dragging me somewhere. I seem to meet Orima. They're dragging you? Yeah. I don't want to alarm you. Motherfuckers! And you see... Baby! And anytime you check in with your fox, you just hear him sprinting. Um, Ursulon and... Uh, Suvi, you, the sun comes up, you are still marching. Do you have any water with you? No. Great question. We got wasabi. <laughs> no, no water or anything. Do you have any rations with you? No. Starving, hungry, no water, delirious. Um, you get to a place where you feel like, like, you know, I think Suvi, you're okay. You're not feeling, but Ursuline, you're like in that place of dehydration, exhaustion, and hunger where you kind of can't make good decisions. Um, you know, your first level of exhaustion means you have disadvantage on ability checks, right? It's like that that place of tiredness you get to where you're like, oh, I'm making stupid choices, right? Um, yeah. Question for you. Do you want to roll for my pack uh, um, integrity? Yeah, give me a little roll for your pack integrity. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, do I want a high or a low on this? Probably want a low on this. Okay. Well, that's a seven on the die. Uh, I think something falls out of your pack. Okay. Let's see what it is. I'm gonna... Oh, wait, you know what it, it would probably be? It, what it, you know what it might be? Because there's some of it in almost every one of my pouches. Uh, shells. Some shells. Some shells that I had collected 
back when we were in that first port town. Aww. I love that. Mm. Um, the two of you um, get to a place that suddenly stumps you for a moment because it's clearly a crossroads. You stand with these four giant hills of kudzu on either side, just... And now the sun is out, it's hot, and there's bugs everywhere. They're biting you, they're flying around, the air is just thick with buzzing, there's like, like these sort of hot daytime crickets, the smell of chlorophyll is like overpowering, it's almost like heady, intoxicating. Um, and as you look around you, uh, you hear a noise of something rustling in the brush nearby. Uh... Can I make a perception check? You can make uh, that's a six. Uh, you look out and don't see through the plants until at the last moment you see the fox comes out of the uh, brush uh, with a dead rabbit that you can see immediately has been rotting for a little bit of time. And you can see that vines have partially grown through its neck and eyes. It's not a fresh catch. Suvi. It's a fox. Ours? What? Yeah. Oh, could it be you? Oh, God. Hey, just post up. Fox! <sighs> Sorry, it's not fresh. I wish it was fresh. Where is Ame? This way. I found shells. She dropped them. Or she didn't drop them, but they fell. I want to kill you. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, well. It's our fox. Yeah, that's... Hey, we... Have some rabbit. I already ate as much as I could. There's a bunch of dead animals all in the plants everywhere. Hey, don't. Are you sure? I'm so hungry. You're hungry? I just need something to soak up all the alcohol. (laughs) How about you try soaking better choices? Maybe if we... I'm... Fuck. You know what? I'm I'm fine, but I'm I'm very mad. No! You eat it. (laughs) Mm. What? (laughs) Oh, that's not bad. No, it's not bad. It's definitely missing. It's like a, it's a little dry. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. The blood all drained out. There are some streams nearby that are still flowing through here. By the way, you just got you got to go through the kudzu to find them. We need to find Ame. Yeah. How badly do you need water? I guess. How badly do I need water? <laughs> you could keep pushing if you needed to. The rabbit will hold me for a bit. Okay. All right. She's this way. See if he follows. Um. Following a little bit of shells, you see the fox takes off into the brush. You will now have to enter one of these kudzu forests. The path becomes so narrow that the vines can actually connect across what used to be a flagstone pathway through the edge of a little village. And now you're just pushing through vines. As you push through, it's challenging to describe because, of course, you can't see more than three feet in front of your face. Everything is pushing through the thicket and briar. The little fox, for the fox, everything's laid out. Him moving through the brush, it's second nature. You suddenly realize that you are at a shrine only when Ursulon, your hand moves through open space to which there is no kudzu. So there's no approaching it. You're just going up steps of what used to be a pine needle covered hill, and suddenly a hand goes through what you wouldn't have known two seconds before was a doorway. 
you see the interior of an old stone shrine. An image of a woman with wild hair and vines and leaves growing throughout it is emblazoned on a stone behind an altar. The altar has a small block of incense and a little bowl of some very stale-looking bread. Laid in front of the altar uh, is Ame's unconscious body. Uh, the fox goes and leaps forward and just circles up in a little fox puddle on Ame's chest um, and licks uh, at your face uh, to wake you up, Ame. Uh, and your unconsciousness was only due to the exhaustion level, so you've just had a long rest here, essentially. Yes! <laughs> okay, jealous. <laughs> um, you enter, you see the emblem of Orima, sort of the sacred carving of the goddess there. You see that there's an altar with a small offering on it. Uh, and you see Ame here, and you don't see anything else. But of course, the one entrance to this shrine, and the shrine is only like 15 feet by 15 feet. It's a small little room. Um, but the entrance is totally obscured by a wall of kudzu that has only the barest bit of sunlight. You're you're in like effectively darker than twilight in here because of all the plant matter obscuring the sunlight far ahead. Uh, are you okay? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you found me. What? Thank you. Happened. Oh. Um. I, I think uh, uh, agents of Orima found me. Mm. Oh, Fox, don't run away again. And I pick him up and I scoop him up and I hug him real tight. <sighs> I'm glad you're not dead. While this beautiful reunion's happening, uh, Sufi's going to curve away from Ame and the fox and move over to the incense. And it's just a little, like, she cannot keep the petulance out of her, any of her energy. Uh, I'm going to use prestidigitation to light it, but I want the flame I conjure to be the green of the witch fire. Copy that. Bitch. <laughs> Uh, the incense lights. As the incense lights, I think Ursulon, you hear a voice. And I will allow Ursulon to determine here, because you can hear it and can tell at the moment that your friends and allies cannot. You feel almost a sense of, like, if you could draw their attention to it somehow, mm -hmm. maybe they could hear it. Yeah, I would do that. I think I would, uh, as uh, as Suvi is being petty and Ame is shaking the fox, I think I, uh, I like, inhale deeply uh, to get their attention and uh, listen. She speaks to us. Listen. Listen. Both of you begin to hear the incense swirls, and you see that they're 
is some sort of moss or lichen on the emblem of Arima. You have come here. You have come to this place. Something tells me that the one I dragged here was not the one that was dragged here by me. Something tells me that the one whose knees are bloody came here of her own volition, and that the one who walked here freely was compelled against his desires to do so. Orima, I'm sorry for what has been done to you and to your husband. I am a witch, and that means that while I am still a young acolyte, it is my duty to try and speak with you and on your behalf to the world of humans. Will you accept me as your messenger? I will. Can I insight check her? Is there anything to check in her tone or... Um, this is nothing you learned in the Citadel. Ame, in a very formal way, has asked permission to even be able to talk to this person. And... There is a script here that you would not have known to anticipate uh, and have a sudden close-up moment of realizing that Ame has not been twiddling her thumbs in the long years since you last were with her. I know you seek to be reunited with him. You see the kudzu swarming towards the city. And while I do not excuse his pain and his suffering, please understand that there are many of my people that don't understand what is happening, that we're not even aware of the old ways. And so that I ask your aid in freeing him and in protecting him, but that in return... Please spare the city. I will teach them and they will learn the old ways. They will learn to keep your shrine clean and to prepare the offerings. They will learn to revere the one who taught them to fish. He said that he loves your fury, but you admired his gentleness. He's not in a position to show it now, but I'm certain that he would want that. You come here with my husband's sword, seeking my help. You got it? Yes. Uh, And I hold it up. While he is pinned by the craft of wizards to the bottom of the sea, after countless seasons of seeing your people fed, and you would ask this of me. You wish what? To flee? To run away? This one here has lost the path of the spirit. Have lost 
Your breath? I smell them on you. The stink of humans fills your fur. Sun-cured hay and the wine of their glass bottles besots you. You have lost the sharpness of your fangs and you are now one of theirs. But of course, you can never truly be one of theirs, can you? Still you carry taboo of slumber. You only wear the form of a human, and yet so desperately do you cling to their world. You do not walk the path of the spirit. You have forgotten us, forgotten the world of your birth. The little way-shadowed cub. Where did you put your breath? There is something here, this world, where you've hidden it. That which is most precious to you away. Show it to me. Um, I think... Ursulan then shrugs his shoulder, uh, brushing away the cloak and revealing uh, the pauldron. It is this, Orima. White light at the center of the two eyes of the stone carving. What is this? Golden armor. From centuries ago. It has crossed through the door between the spirit and the waking. Your breath in this? No, no. And Ame and Suvi both see, in the reflection of the pauldron, a line of knights riding down a road, banners high. You see the approach of a young cub Ursulon like you remember from that first summer. And you see... One knight with a proud kite shield bearing a mighty hawthorn tree, golden armor, a plumed helmet, a falcon on his shoulder, who notices the young cub, stealthy as he is, a creature of the wild places. The knight removes his sword and dagger, his halberd, even his boots, to walk barefoot in the forest to pay his respects to this honored friend. You see Sir Curran of the Hawthorne kneeling down. In the reflection, you cannot hear his words. You see him speak to a young Ursuline. into this world and saw him 
saw what he possessed. He told me that he was a knight. That he had that he had honor. The thing that brought me to him was was the shine, the, the, the way that light played on him, but the thing that the thing I hid my breath away in was the way that others looked at him. It was the way was what I saw in him. This this thing invisible yet so real. Spirit of the wild hidden his breath inside of honor the wish to be a knight who have come all the way from the world of spirits and placed that very essence inside of a concept so of the mortal world that even most mortals cannot achieve it Where he comes from and treating the world of spirits with respect and having honor because honor isn't something that you just have that you earn once it's something that you maintain with your actions and with the way that you treat others throughout your life so he can still walk the path of the spirits while doing it honorably. Little witch, how many do you know that walk any path truly honorably? I do not speak of your kindness to your fellow mortals now. I speak of magic, of choices, of consequences. This cub has woven a great spell, and though it may not strike your kind heart as just, woven it is all the same. Now, you have come here with a sword. It is my husband's blade, the wave breaker, 
Whatever binds him, it can cut. But the blade can only be wielded in this way by a spirit. Its magic will only be given to one who draws on the power of their breath. Know this. I will see my husband freed at any cost. Suvi bites down on her tongue. You can taste blood. She is holding it together because if she speaks, it will be bad. Uh, Ursulam produces the sword uh, and places it on the altar. Then have it done. You are a spirit. Free your husband and let us go. No. We work too hard to get that back. We need to break the curse on Ame. And then we will return the sword to Arima and she can do... Suvi, as you are speaking, you see Arima starts speaking as well. Uh, make a perception check for me. Oh, God. <gasps> 22. Uh, Arima starts speaking, but doesn't have the inflection of someone who's interrupting someone. Like, as she starts to speak, it's she doesn't, like, cut into your words. She just hears the pause of, like, Ur- the last thing Ursulon said. And in the middle of your words, you just hear her go, Thank you, Cub, for bringing this to me. Which I must be let into the world. There is an offering on the altar. I would ask you to remove it. Walk outside the shrine and scatter it there. If I bring you into our realm, will you have mercy? Give me an insight check. And, Suvi, give me another perception check. I only rolled an 11, but my passive is 18. Gotcha. Um, I think that on that on that perception roll, you're just... Uh, something the way in which Arima started speaking while you were speaking and the fact that you spoke up in like a a sort of disrespect you were sort of like hey we can't do this now and Ame and Ursula both heard you just fine but but you are literally like you're literally like what's you're like you're like what's going on like I like did this bitch put me on mute (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna burn I'm gonna burn the kudzu down excuse me I only got an eight for insight. (laughs) You see, she says, my first and only mission will be to save my husband. I bear no cruelty towards those people, nor do I bear them any care. For generations has my husband's kindness seen them fed, full, flourishing. And they muddle through their dull and mundane lives as he bleeds at the heart of their bay. They have forgotten the old ways, but we will bring I must. 
for even as I advocate for you and your husband to them, I have to advocate for them to you. We will help you for your husband, but you, I beg that you show care to these people. I am not so foolhardy that I would make a promise to a witch that I did not intend to keep. My goal is not to harm those people, but I am mighty. When I am led upon the world, I will be vast. Many will come to my aid as I approach. But I will tell you this. Whatever harm befalls poor Talon will not be my heart's desire. But it will be punishment deserved enough for what they let befall my husband. If you will not release me because you fear the people of Port Talon, then we are at an impasse. For as you cannot seem to find it in your heart to let me free... Certain then that I cannot find it in my heart to let you walk from this shrine alive. That was Lou Wilson as Ursulon, Erica Ishii as Ame, Abria Iyengar as Suvi, and Brennan Lee Mulligan as everyone and everything else. Worlds Beyond Numbered is edited, designed, and scored by Taylor Moore at Fortunate Horse, with additional sound design from Michael Gelfi Studios. For even more like this, join us on our Patreon. We'll see you there.